All right, what's up? Happy New Year or New Year's Eve, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, this will be either the last video of uh, the 2021 or the first video of 2022 that you see from Sense of Mind, um, most likely anyway. Uh, so as always, uh, this is the weekly video newsletter and we will have a, a fact about the human brain or mind. We'll also have a science-based happiness or productivity tip. Uh, we'll also look at a book recommendation and a quote. And then finally, I'll talk about my thoughts, what I've been thinking about life, culture, or current events. So today, uh, today's newsletter actually has a theme. It's all about anger, the emotion of anger. And I've been thinking a lot about anger lately, and I'll talk about that throughout. But um, I hope that you enjoy this and hope you get something out of it. I also just want to uh, give a little piece of news. Um, right now, I am working on a series of videos that I think are really going to change the game when it comes to how I've been doing videos in the past on Sense of Mind. So right now, I'm working on a series on serotonin somewhat similar to what I did with dopamine, and it's part of the Introduction to Neuroscience course, the series of videos that serve as an introduction to neuroscience. Um, now, the difference with these is that I'm going to eliminate, I think, the uh, level three, the level two and three differentiation. So um, in the past, we've had videos that, uh, like with the dopamine ones, were uh, had like three different levels. So one was 30 seconds to a minute. That was level one. And that was just like brief overview of everything uh, that I cover in the longer videos. Then level two, which is more like 10 to 20 minutes. And that was uh, going into a little more depth, but not getting too technical or detailed. And then level three, which was like the full 30 to 40 minute video where I'm talking about all the, the uh, different pieces and how they work together. What I'm going to do now is just have two levels. So it'll be level one, uh, again, the, the really short one minute, 30 second version, and then level two, which will have all the details that I would include in level three, but it's going to be shorter. I think they're going to be under 15 minutes. And my goal with these is to add a lot more uh, visuals and a lot more in it so that uh, it's just more entertaining to watch, but also just more compact and um, will be easy to understand. I'll probably break, I'm going to definitely going to break the topics up more uh, so that it's not one big thing and you can kind of digest it week after week. Now, another thing, um, one of my New Year's resolutions is to make content more regularly and uh, even better than it's been in the past. So uh, that's my promise to you. And uh, those videos should be coming out sometime in mid-January. And then it will be very regular uh, regarding releasing my releasing videos for the rest of the year. Anyway, that is enough from me. Let's get into the first item for today's newsletter, which is the fact. And this one is all about how anger decreases as we get older. It's easy to think of emotions and physiology as separate things, but emotions are just as physical and biological as any other physiological phenomenon. There's debate over whether particular emotions are discrete and differentiable, but 
as far as physiology goes, but there's no doubt that physiology is involved in our experience of emotion. When it comes to anger, there are multiple ways that we can experience it. It can be explosive or seething, and it can be mixed with other emotions like fear and shame. But at least when it comes to what you might call high energy or high arousal anger, such as rage, scientists have discovered that it can wreak havoc on our brains over relatively short periods of time. Specifically, according to clinical psychologist Jason Satterfield in his course on cognitive behavioral therapy, hostility in a sample of young students predicted the calcification of arteries 10 years later, end quote. He goes on to note that hostility, especially cynical hostility in men, is associated with having a first heart attack. The damage hostility causes begins early and usually takes decades to matter. If you, like me, ever struggle with bouts of explosive anger, you will want to stick around for today's tip, which is about a cognitive behavioral therapy method for stopping these episodes before they begin. For now, however, I want to turn to some other research which shows that our tendency to get angry decreases as we age. In addition to self-reports that show that pattern, there are neuroimaging studies that show that older adults' brains tend to respond less to pictures of angry faces, but are no different in their response to happy or sad faces compared to younger participants. Some scientists believe that while there may be cultural factors at play, there may also be an evolutionary logic to this pattern. As we age, our bodies tend to become more fragile and vulnerable to injuries and diseases, and we become especially prone to developing heart and cardiovascular diseases. These are, after all, the most common causes of death across the planet. So it would make sense from an evolutionary perspective if, as we get older, our brains begin to turn away from anger as a response to the insults life throws at us and that we make for ourselves so as to lower our risk of dying from a heart attack or a stroke. I think we're very lucky that this is the case, not only because it makes us less likely to die of cardiovascular diseases than we would be, but also because it makes us and our society more peaceful and pleasant. Anger is very often a destructive emotion, even if it sometimes brings about desired results. Most of the time when we get angry, we are reacting to being victimized or to the feeling, whether correct or incorrect, of being victimized. Thus, there are times when anger is useful and good, but anger also fuels many of the worst violent crimes. Young men without emotional regulation strategies who feel victimized by others or by the world often lash out and attack or kill. It's no surprise, given this research, that it's young men in our society who commit these anger-fueled acts. The fact that both men and women get less angry as they age is a good thing. However, if you are someone who experiences bouts of anger, stick around because today's science-based tip is all about a technique to stop those bouts in their tracks. Okay, that brings us to number two in the video newsletter, which is the tip. And this one is about avoiding emotional spirals, specifically using the ABCD method. All right, so today I want to look at a technique that emerged from cognitive behavioral therapy called the ABCD exercise, which according to Jason Satterfield I mentioned earlier, gives us an orderly and organized and rational framework to start dissecting potentially complex events. It can be used in a wide variety of emotional events, but here I'm going to focus on how it can help you deal with bouts of intense anger. So ABCD stands for activating event beliefs, 
consequences, and disputation. Let's break that down with an example. Say you're a few months away from graduating college and you've been working toward graduate school. You've been doing everything right. You picked a range of schools, some easier, some harder. You've been working hard on your applications for months, studying hard for the GRE. You've gotten more than the requested number of references, and you've been involved in research and extracurricular activities throughout your college career. And finally, you've gotten stellar grades. Yet, when you complete the GRE, which is a grueling four-hour test, you're told that the results won't be available until a couple weeks after the deadline for all your applications. Some people would get sad or depressed, but you feel personally slighted by this. You walk to the front of the classroom where you just took the test, slam your open hand down on the table, and tell the exam proctors that, quote, this has fucked up my entire year. You take a few moments outside, then come back and give a half-hearted apology. You then proceed to head to the gym, go straight to the boxing bag, and slam your bare fists into it until your knuckles are bloody and your arms are exhausted. The next day, you're generally pissed off at the world and at yourself for not knowing the test grading timeline. You feel like a victim and you want to destroy the victimizer, which is yourself and the GRE testing people who can't seem to get off their asses and grade a damn test. Okay, let's cool down. Let's do the ABCD technique. First, A, the activating event. What triggered this whole thing? Here, it's the realization that the test won't be graded until after you need it and that you'll have to wait a whole year to reapply. Next, B, the beliefs you have that make you interpret the event as you do. Here, you believe that others, namely the GRE people, are standing in your way of success and that they should act more quickly. You also believe that you are a stupid failure for not knowing the timeline and you should be ashamed of that. And your belief that this was your one shot at success. And now you have to start all over. There may be more negative beliefs, but these are good enough to start. Next, C, the consequences. How you feel and act in response to your beliefs about the event. Here, you lashed out at your exam proctors, then hurt yourself by bloodying your fists on a punching bag. You also sulked in the feeling of anger and shame the whole day after the test, and maybe even longer. Finally, D, dispute your beliefs. Look carefully at the beliefs that brought about the emotional and behavioral consequences. Ask yourself, are these beliefs helpful? Are they true? Can you reinterpret the situation so as to have a better reaction to it? In this case, you could challenge the belief that the GRE people are standing in your way on purpose or that they're lazy. You could realize that it's a huge organization that has rigid procedures and rules and that the exam proctors are not in charge of grading, so you're blaming them for something they have zero control over. Just as important, you can challenge the beliefs about yourself. You can tell yourself that you've had a ton on your plate these last several months, and it was easy to overlook the fact that since you're taking the paper rather than the digital version of the GRE, the grading takes a lot longer. You could also challenge the belief that you're a failure in a few ways. First, you could realize that you've now been through the whole process of applying and will know exactly what you need to do to do it again. You could realize that grad school is but one route to success. You have good grades and references and could probably find a job in your field. And even if you don't, you can use the time to plan your next career move. You could see this newfound time as a gift in disguise. 
Now you get to take time to truly think about your options. The point is to root out those negative self-beliefs and unrealistic expectations of others in order to change how you view the event. If you're wondering why I chose this example, it's because that's what happened to me back in 2017, just before my last semester in college. Even though I eventually came to those more positive and helpful beliefs, it took a while, and I really wish I would have had the ABCD tool to short circuit my reaction to it. I would have saved myself a lot of embarrassment, shame, and pain in my knuckles. And that brings me to a number three, the book. This week's book is Rage, a step-by-step -step guide to overcoming explosive anger by psychologist Ronald Potter Efron. I found this book quite insightful and helpful in my own journey of overcoming occasional bouts of intense anger. For example, I didn't realize that rage is not merely intense anger, but is classified as a dissociative state, meaning that people aren't really aware or in control of what they're doing when they rage. This showed me that while I have sometimes had bouts of near rage, I've always remained mostly in control and I've never gotten violent, except with the punching bag. <laughs> But some people aren't so lucky. Some people fly into these states, even with relatively little provocation, and then destroy everything in sight. Relationships, objects, and even other human beings are their targets. Potter Efron explains that there are different types and degrees of rage, each with different underlying psychological causes and triggers. Some ragers are triggered by shame others by powerlessness or abandonment, and others still by the feeling that they must fight to save their own life. The common thread is a feeling of victimhood and a drive to destroy the victimizer, whether it's the other people or yourself. He details specific strategies you can use to overcome rage, relying on techniques from cognitive behavioral therapy, but also mentioning that medication is definitely necessary in some cases. I recommend this book to anyone who experiences intense anger or rage, or for anyone who is regularly affected by another person's anger. There are some deeply insightful passages and extremely useful tools throughout. And that brings me to the next part of the video newsletter, number four, the quote. This week's quote is from the book I was just talking about, which is Rage by Ronald Potter Efron. He writes, quote, some people just need to read and think to spend time alone sorting through the stories in their heads. Now, I think that quote is powerful and inspiring because he's touching on the fact that many of us do not take enough time to examine our minds, our beliefs about ourselves and the world, and those stories that we tell ourselves about our lives and the universe. Some of these stories are wonderfully positive. They help us live a good and meaningful life because they encourage us to live up to some ideal version of ourselves. But others are much darker. These are the things we tell ourselves about ourselves and about others that only make us bitter and depressed. We might not even fully believe them, but we hear them in our heads often enough that they become our default. Now, don't get me wrong. All of us have things that we need to work on, issues that make us much less than we could be. Perhaps we're not motivated and thus need to build motivation. Maybe we deal with anger, anxiety, or depression, and we need to put in time and effort to change those patterns. Or maybe we need to improve our health by exercising and eating well. The problem comes when, for example, instead of saying, I'm not feeling motivated lately, maybe I should work on finding something meaningful to aim my energy at. 
We instead say, I'm such a piece of shit. I'll never amount to anything. I suck at what I do. I shouldn't even exist. Now it's obvious from the outside that beliefs like those are irrational and unhelpful and they will only breed misery. But from the inside, that's much harder to see. That's why we need to take a systematic and compassionate approach to our own issues by challenging the validity and helpfulness of these kinds of beliefs and stories and by working to change them. All right, finally, this brings me to number five, my thoughts about life and whatnot. As you probably noticed, I've been talking about myself and my own anger issues in this newsletter. In all honesty, I feel a bit uncomfortable and pretty vulnerable in telling you all this. Outside of a couple people, I haven't ever opened up about this to anyone. I've been scared that people will judge me, that they'll think I'm some kind of freakish monster because I have an issue with emotional regulation. I've talked before about my own issues with depression and anxiety, issues that I've largely resolved through resources like those I've linked below and through learning about the human brain and mind. But for some reason, I've always been more ashamed and frankly, less aware of my anger issues. And that has held me back from resolving them. For me, anger is occasional rather than constant. And I'm usually in a good mood. It's just that when I do get angry, it's a significant impediment to my own well-being and to the happiness of those close to me. Now, however, I am facing my issues head on and I feel that I'm making rapid progress in changing myself for the better. I'm telling you all this in hopes that it will encourage you to begin or continue your own mental health journey. One reason I started this channel is because I wanted to start to bring insights and knowledge that have helped me so much to a wider audience. I believe that one way of better understanding ourselves is to study the brain as well as clinical and academic psychology. So that's what I've been doing for the past several years. My hope with this channel is that by laying out how the brain works, you and I can improve our own brains and minds and thereby improve our lives. So thank you so much for being a part of this with me. As always, this channel is brought to you by the Diamond Mind Foundation and this video was written and produced by me, Andrew Cooper Sansone. Thank you so much for watching. I'll catch you next time.